should be fun! Family, don't end with blood. I regret this already. Hello! Nam idiot, see ya! Lilu Dallas Multipass. The things I do for love. I will never, ever turn my back on people who need me. Cartoon cartoons. Ain't that just the way? I'm the highwayman. It's a rock fact. Today's episode features themes of death and dying. Only light, though, so don't worry too much. The source material for today's episode is rated TVPG, which means it's good for everyone. To avoid any spoilers, please skip when you hear the Huntsman singing. Or, if you don't know who he is yet, you'll hear some weird opera. Have fun! Hi, this is, uh... Why should I watch that? I'm Myra. I'm Sam. And I'm Jay. And, uh, we are here to discuss... Different types of media, such as TV shows, movies, anime, you think it, we watch it, to tell you if it's something you would like to watch or not. To get your friends off your back about finally watching the show. And save you time, if it sucked. Yep. (laughs) We are, well, me in particular, I um, go into the research of the Easter eggs and any um, source materials that there might be. As well as any um, wholesome fan fiction and not so wholesome. <laughs> uh, we won't be talking about that. We, yeah, we, uh, at least much. not in this one. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Um, I also am the manager, I guess, of the group. I make sure that we have our episodes up on time for everybody and organize it so that we know what sort is coming up so that we don't forget to watch the shows we need to watch. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sam? Sure. Hi, I'm Sam. Uh, Hi, Sam. Hi, Hi Sam. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do a lot of the more um, theme-based elements of the show, the overarching allegories and analogies and thematic elements within the show. Uh, I tend to find the emotional fandom, whether that's heartbreaking or joy-bringing, it depends, but, uh, you know, I find it. It can be fun, it can be really sad, you know, depends on the day. I'm also in charge of our socials, so nine times out of ten when we post, it'll be me trying to figure out how to work social media. (laughs) So there we go. (laughs) Hello, this is Jay again. Um, I do a lot of our um, editing, and by a lot, I mean most. Um, I am the techie, even though I technically don't qualify to be a techie. Um, Hush, you are a techie. (laughs) Um, Overall, for the actual, like, uh, deep dives and stuff, I focus on, like, overall fandom and the dark side of the fandom. Mm -hmm. Um, Crackpot theories and shit like that. Um, I also, uh, look into a lot of lore in my free time, and, um, that's gonna come through. And I also do, um, uh, art and stuff, so if our logo suddenly changes, hi. Um. (laughs) It'll be magnificent. Also pronouns. I go by he, they. She, they. She? Her? Her, she. Her, she. Her, she. I like chocolate. (laughs) Um. 
We are, I think you should know a little bit about ourselves. We sure. are been friends for quite a while now, I think. A few years. Yes. A few years, I think. Few years. Um, we've known each other. We, Three, we, four years. You and I have known each well, other for like six years Yeah, now. going on six years now. And I think Jay's... Three, three or four? Oh, baby. I don't think it's been four. It feels like a long time. It's been it's it's been a while. Um, been we met through D and D. Yeah, we met yeah. through D and D. We're natural nerds. We <laughs> we <laughs> are <laughs> organically grown nerds. If you don't have any natural store bought, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the awkward one of the group. Uh, no, actually, I think we're all awkward. Yeah, I was going to say I'm the other awkward one. Yeah. <laughs> we're all awkward. Um, we decided to do this podcast because we, on our spare time, get together and literally discuss shows all the time. Deadass, one time I drove Sam home from D&D and we sat in my car for almost six hours rewriting Legend of Korra. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and we'll get to Myra, it. Myra had her own car, so she wasn't there, but she would have been. It oh been no, great. we, me and Sam have had the <laughs> same, same situation several times. Not that Legend of Korra is bad. It's just I. We would have fixed. We're gonna cover something. it. Don't worry. Don't, we'll yes, we'll we will get there. We're we will it. get there. Um, just like I mean, there are days where we get together and we don't intend to, and then end up discussing and then it's how three to in the fix morning. shows. In. And then it's three in the morning, and we're talking about the newest episode of Morbid and how some dude did some weird shit, and Sam is very uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> and uh, just so y'all know, we we love podcasts ourselves. We, we listen to a variety of them. Yes, and uh, you from... may hear us give them shoutouts because they are amazing. All of them, they work hard and they do an amazing job. And sometimes we might make references that are familiar, but not too familiar. Well, well <laughs> but not too not familiar. familiar. And it's probably a reference from one of them. Yes, probably. Um, we are here to have fun. Um, all of this is our opinion. It, we have, you know, just what we've seen in the show, our interpretation of said show, or we have thoughts, movie. brain. We have thoughts, brains, and neurons, and sometimes they fire differently in other people. But these are what ours made and turned into words. And we are definitely not here to offend anybody. If you get offended, I'm we're here, sorry. We're but... here for a good time. Hopefully, a long time, but we'll find out. <laughs> also, we're here for criticism and conversation. So if yes, you have please. a different feel. Hit us up on our socials, of which I don't know the names of, and tell us about what you think, and it's, I don't know, maybe we'll be like, oh shit, I, I never thought I, about it that way. Yes, please. Or maybe we'll be like, that bitch is wrong, but like, okay. Um, and if you have potential show, movie suggestions, hit us up on our socials. We'll put them in the, the link. And we'll probably read them off at the end, too, just yes, so uh, we. Will, you don't want to hear about them right now. Yeah, and we... we we are also very much, I personally, I, I'm not down for any hateful. If you don't like us, just don't listen to us. If you like us, please continue to listen to us. If you don't like us, don't leave us hateful stuff because you're going to get deleted anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> valid criticism. is going to delete you. We don't. Valid criticism is welcome. But if you're just here to be like, oh my god, meh. If also, you're hateful, you're gone. If you're yeah. here to give us, hey, maybe you should have seen it in this way. Yeah. We are not going to hate you for it because everybody has an opinion. Also, that goes straight back to us as well. We are not here for hate from you or from us. So if something that we see that we say seems kind of, you know, sharp, just point it out because it's not meant that way. Like, all of this comes from a good nature. Yeah. 
Unless place. It's season three, Legend of Korra. We don't talk about season three, <laughs> Legend of Korra. I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, again, so, we will discuss that later, and you will hear the feelings. There are feelings. There are many a feeling. <laughs> For now, what are we talking about? Over the Garden Wall from Cartoon Network. It's um, you can actually find it if you have not seen it. It is free on subscriptions of Hulu. Uh, subscriptions of HBO Max. If you do not have either of those, you can buy the entire season on YouTube, Mm -hmm. Amazon, and Google Play and iTunes. Correct. So, you have plenty of options. I don't think Cartoon Network is currently have, has it up on their website. Or their app. Or their app. Um, which... Yeah, it originally aired on Cartoon Network. Now it's on, the entirety is on Hulu, if you have a Hulu subscription. Um, it is also on HBO. It's only like nine episodes, isn't it? Ten. Ten episodes. Ten episodes. Yeah, it's, it's not I, bad. So, the entire runtime is, in fact, only two hours and thirty minutes. Are so fucking serious? Yes. Yeah. So if you want to binge a show for two hours and thirty minutes, it's pretty it's, short. All yeah. things considered. And honestly, <coughs> it does <excuse> me. <laughs> Your excuse. <clears throat> it does a really good job of encompassing all of the feelings of fall, like. There's some spooks, there's some cutes. It's got, it has autumn energy. It, it's, it's peak fall which media. Yes. Perfect first episode. I know, yes. look at us. Um, so, some general information about really Over the Garden Wall. Thank you. My, it, it left my brain. <laughs> also, please keep in mind we're a bunch of neurodivergent fuck-ups. So, like, <laughs> when the brain don't us. do, someone from the hive mind will get it. So... The writer and major creative director was Patrick McHale. It, this was his baby. It started off as a short film entitled Tomb of the Unknown, which was his pilot, his pitch to Cartoon Network. He started working on this, I think, back in what? 2004. 2004, and the, it four. got picked up in 2013. Yeah. So he, he worked on this for close to 10 years on and off. Um, some of the, the main actors are Elijah Wood as Wirt, uh, Colin Dean as Greg, and Melanie Lukinski, I think I said that right, as Beatrice, and those are the main three characters that we interact with throughout the show. This show is, uh, based of two brothers Mm -hmm. who are lost in woods the woods trying to get home that is the main basis of the show um we go through their journey to get home from these woods mm-hmm. and we experience some very interesting things mm-hmm. um <clears throat> they overall uh kind of get tripped up by some magical characters i guess you could say there is there's a lot of like um spooky elements to them uh, a lot of magic and um some uh, I would use the word demonic lightly. It's very much a, like, classic fairy tale vibe with modern sensibilities is the best way I could describe it. So, real quick, um, me and Sam have actually had not seen this show before we decided to watch it for the first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Jay had had the opportunity to see it beforehand, um, and he suggested since we wanted to start off, since we're in the fall, let's do something folly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to go ahead and do this show, and we're going to go ahead and tell you what our first opinions before watching the show were, 
and then we're mm-hmm. gonna go deep into just a synopsis. So it's gonna be a no a, spoilers. The the first this first the first a, bit. I'll put in um I'll put in a bit of audio uh before we actually start talking about spoilers. So if you if you're kind of idly listening to us and you suddenly hear some music, this is your hint. If you're Skip. idly listening and you hear music and you don't want spoilers, you should move on with your day. Or go watch it and come back. Um, yeah, so, my first impressions of the show were very much, like, spooky, quirky, kind of children's TV show, um, into the woods kind of vibes with, you know, some talking animals, a horse that has maybe some kleptomania energy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt connections to the horse, actually. Most oh, I wonder why <laughs> every D&D character you play collects and something. And then I stole it! Even though I could have just, you know... You, you, you have enough money gold. to... You have the gold to buy things, you're just like, I choose to steal. I remember oh. when I first saw it, I was really, really excited for the fall energy. Um, yeah. Um, before seeing it, like, seeing the the captions and everything, previews of the show, I felt like it was going to be a very Hensel and Gretel feel, Mm -hmm. but in a different kind of light. Um, And I also felt like it was going to be very Disenchantment, which is another show we may eventually uh, get to. to. Um, But it's that fairy tale that's told in a completely different light that you have not heard of before. And I think I was sort of not disappointed with that. I... I honestly thought it would be much more of an ensemble piece than it was. The 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 gift sets that I had seen on Tumblr and various other medias were made it seem very much an ensemble show. And I wasn't displeased that it wasn't. It was just different than I expected. Yep. Um, so now that you know a little bit about the show... I'm going to just let you know what the, each episode was about. Yeah, we're going to do a general episode synopsis real fast so you guys know the general plot. And then we will go into different fun elements and themes. And Future J will put music in right now. 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 souls and wander through the darkness. There is a light for the lost and the Alright, here we go. Okay, episode one. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to read it off online so it's... This is the Hulu episode description. There are theoretically no surprises. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Lost in the mysterious woods of the unknown, two brothers named Wirt and Gregory... Uh, run into a jade old woodsman, jaded, jaded. old woodsman, who Bitter. warns them to be wa- uh, be wary of the terrifying beast that roams the dark forest. Um, episode two. Oh, I'm gonna also should give you the names of the episodes, so I will do that f- from now on correctly. Uh, episode one is called the old Grit- grits meal. Grist meal. Mm-hmm. I English is my second language, so I'm sorry if I misspell shit. Or mispronounce? Mispronounce. <laughs> I misspell <laughs> shit too. <laughs> like have, like Jay like said, all of us are neurodivergent. Myra's second language is in fact English. <laughs> There's gonna be some goofs. 
We are imperfect human beings, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly imperfect or allegedly human? Yes. Ah. ah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, the second episode is called Hard Times at the Huskin Bee. Um, a bluebird named Beatrice offers the uh, guy offers to guide Wirt and Greg to Adelaide. 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 To Adelaide. Of the pastor and help them get home. But when Wirt refuses for help, refuses her help, he ends up le- leading them all night into a big mess of trouble at the an- annual Pitts- Pottsville Pitsfield. Harvest Festival. And then episode three is Schooltown Follies. Greg, Wirt, and Beatrice get all mixed up in a musical antics of a schoolhouse of animals. A lovelorn, lovelorn? Lovelorn. Lovelorn teacher, a grouchy old uh, benefactor, and an escaped gorilla. All right. Uh, episode four. Beatrice is left out in the rain with a brainless horse while Wirt and Greg must ask for directions in a lively colonial tavern called the Dark Lantern. This episode is called Songs of the Dark Lantern. I fucked it up too. Where, where some surprising secrets are revealed about the unknown. Episode five, Mad Love. Is millionaire Quincy Endicott's sprawling mansion haunted by a beautiful ghost, or is the tea baron going mad? Greg and Fred, the horse, are on the case. Meanwhile, Wirt and Beatrice get trapped in an armory while searching for loose change. Armoire. I don't know how to speak that language. Uh, Episode 6, Lullaby in the Frogland. We join Wirt and Greg in a lighthearted romp aboard the Frogland Ferry as they approach Adelaide of the pasture. But why is Beatrice acting so glum? The ringing of the bell. After unexpected darkness tears the gang apart, Wirt takes charge uh, and meets Lorna, a young woman forced to do housework by an odious witch with a magical bell. Can Wirt and Greg save Lorna and themselves from the Wicked Witch? Episode 8, Babes in the Wood. While Wirt and Greg lay down to rest, they're drawn into a dream world of cherubs, flowers, and clouds, where Greg must battle the North Wind. Meanwhile, Wirt has given up hope of getting home, causing Greg to realize that it may take more than dreams and wishes to complete their journey. Episode 9, Into the Unknown. The origin of Wirt and Greg's descent into the unknown reveals itself. And then episode 10, the final episode, The Unknown. The Beast Has Come, the final chapter begins. So that is the episode summary as per Hulu.com. Um, do we want to... Uh, um, so going based on what we talk about, yeah. I guess... I'll start. I'll start with at least going over what originally started this, which was that yeah. short story yeah. called "Into the Unknown," a uh, tome of the unknown. Sorry, tome of the unknown. <laughs> tome of the unknown. So this again, like Sam had said earlier, had started off from the creator <clears throat> ten years in the making. Really, he pitched it Crazy. to um home. Uh, Home Depot. Oh Home my God. Depot. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. Sorry. He the Home Depot. Un- uninspected item in the bagging era. <laughs> era. 
Uh, he pitched it to Cartoon Network uh, as actually he pitched it to Cartoon Network as a three season show. Yeah, I think it was originally supposed to be like eighteen episodes. Yes. They so cut that short. They, he cut it very short. Well, yeah. By the time they actually got around to production, they were like, "Okay, you have like six months to do this. Run!" Yes. And so, then he went. <laughs> that actually explains. Which it was actually very cool that the fact that they used all American uh, creators, I guess, uh, or American. Typically, that kind uh, of stuff gets outsourced. Yeah. The only thing that got outsourced was actually the artwork, which was outsourced to South Korea. Yeah. Uh, like, the random side fun fact, a lot of the Steven Universe stuff gets outsourced to South Korea as well. Um, like, I'm, I'm surprised they did not outsource similarly. Like, that's impressive. Yeah, they did. Uh, the only thing they, they outsourced, the, all the writing and everything was done in the U.S. The art, the thing that they did outsource was the, the actual mm -hmm. artwork. Mm -hmm. But the creators did all the um, storyboards? storyboards themselves. So a lot of it comes from them. They also, when they pitched it, they pitched, I believe, at the same time, Adventure Time. So they, they took Adventure Time and decided to wait off on on this. Do you mean the misadventures of Flapjack? They they took both of them, actually. Were they on the, at the same time? Yeah, yeah. just about. Okay. I, think, I think Adventure Time and uh, Flapjack aired at the same time. Adventure Time just took off. Adventure Time Flapjack eventually faded back. They, yes. The, the series got canceled. Uh, Adventure Time was allowed to finish. Ah. And I guess from the success of Adventure Time, they're like, okay, we'll give you this. Um, and they decided to make that short. That short is only nine minutes and 30 seconds long, I believe. Yeah. And it's... It's quirky. It's... I've, I've watched it. It's... You're not missing a whole lot if you've seen the show. Um, it, it feels like it could have been just an episode in the show, really. I missed it. Kind of. It's it's a little too lighthearted, in my opinion, to be an episode of the show. There's not enough ambient creepiness. I agree on that, but the reason I think it could be part of the show is the way that Oh, no, 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 yeah, like, that's that's the general premise of the pilot, is to be like, this is the flavor I'm trying to present, Cartoon Network. Please give me a show, please. I I like that they didn't stick with that flavor, though, because it, I agree. it went a completely different route than I had expected, because with, with the way they presented that short, mm -hmm. it definitely did not give me the vibes that... The show oh, gave me from absolutely like episode not. two, honestly. Episode one, I was still a little. Uh, episode two, I was like, oh, this is probably what's happening. I'm not sure. And then episode eight validated. Me. See, I'm I'm such a slut for classic fairy tales. The minute the the Snow White trees came on screen, I was like, yes, sign me the fuck up. I I, I was ready for wherever this ten episode show was taking me. Yes. I mean, no, I'm not saying that episode one didn't catch my attention, but I was, it, episode one did not give me that red string, string yeah. theory that episode two did. Mm. Personally, for me, I remember when I first watched the show, that in, one of the reasons I'm kind of staying quiet right now is because when I first watched it, I really didn't like it. <laughs> so I'm kind of letting uh, the two who got a raw experience and have positive thoughts initially kind of pilot that, um, 
when I first saw it, I remember being really let down by episode one because the when Cartoon Network first aired a lot of the um, the promo. promo material, it seemed like it was going to be an action adventure with uh, with Halloween vibes, and what I got was misadventure. Misadventure. So, it felt like soft core, like soft cottage core spooks, and <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but like when you're when when a lot of the um, promotional material yeah when a lot of the promotional material is like this beast in the background always haunting you and spooky scary pumpkins and uh, it to 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 have this kind of like really light-hearted air it kind of threw me off at first and which is fair it was a bad promotional job yeah yeah actually now that you mentioned the fact that the old promotion i'm thinking back and at the time you know it was what 2014 so i was still relatively young but i was not in high school oh my god don't fall (laughs) for our dear listeners jay almost took a tumble out of his chair (laughs) it was bad the chair he's fine everything's fine um yeah that's what i get for sitting gay (laughs) okay i'm fine um um but yeah it's it's very much a juxtaposition of the advertising and the promotional material versus the actual content. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who came into it after the promotional material, like, and after it finished airing, were like, oh, it's just, like, fun autumn vibes <coughs> with some light spooks, had a better reception of it because they knew it was just going to be fun autumn vibes with some light spooks, as Which, opposed to... actually, you would be surprised. I remember back when it first came out that, like, a lot of people were super into it, even despite the kind of misleading promotional stuff. Like, the, I remember when this show first took off, I was the minority in my friend group mm-hmm. who was not a big fan, at which I've changed my tune. I, I, I'm one <laughs> of those people that after I get out of my own, like, Headspace. my own pre, preconceived notions, I receive things better. <laughs> so now, once I knew what I was getting for, the show was better. But... I, I was the minority out of it. Like, it was not and the majority. Like I said, I remember now that I'm thinking back is I remember seeing the promotionals and I wanted to see it because it looked like a horror, like, action thing. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't remember why I didn't watch it. I think I'd, I had just, I was in the middle of moving from New Jersey to Georgia in 2014. So... I think that's why I, I think I know what I was doing, but I have to check something time-wise. <laughs> there was a new Steven Universe episode that came out the day that it premiered, and I chose it over that. Ah, Valid. But I watched it once it came out on um, Xfinity. Or ne- whatever the per- first... I watched it there. Excellent. It was... It, I think it was one of the first ones that was doing <clears throat> primetime record thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, um, did we want to go into some like major themes throughout the show, I and think then that would be good. dive into how the episodes handle it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, like, at least for me, this is you know my perspective. Some of the major themes are nothing is how it appears. Like that is a consistent element throughout the entire show. Every episode, the framework, how you are presented with information distrust everything nothing (laughs) red string theory all the way through 
Um, yeah, I th- something to keep in mind, like, as adults, it's a little less so, but, like, that vibe is definitely there. Yes. Like, as an adult, you're sitting there like, okay, now I see where this is going, but, like, narratively, they were going for it and they hit it. The, yes. On, it was very well executed. Mm-hmm. Um, it The show really explores sibling relationships oh, in definitely. a major way. Uh, yeah, definitely. And they do it very well. It's one of the better sibling explorations I've seen in a while. Yeah. Also, side note, they come from a broken, like, not broken family, but a, a, a mixed unconventional, a, re, a recently stitched back together family. They, their parents are divorced. Um, societal expectations and the roles they thrust upon the young individuals within our society and the fundamental corruption of said young individuals. Which sounds kind of heavy for a kid's show, but like, you know... It's there. I mean, mm-hmm. episode one alone throws yeah. you into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it kind of, it really does feel like an American fairy tale. I mm-hmm. That was something I really jived with while watching the show. Um, it explores elements of freedom and self-choice, which kind of ties back into the fundamental corruption thing. And then also purgatory and death. Mm-hmm. It also has a lot of, like, um, mental illness kind of yes. allegories. Yes, yes. There's a lot, like, personally for me, when you get to the episode where you kind of find out where Wirt and uh, Greg are from and their, like, actual backstories, it really... It's it, like episode nine? Eight. Eight or nine? Eight or nine. Eight or nine. Um, for me, watching watching the way that Wirt reacts to the world around him was a really good example of how anxiety leads to depression. Because the two disorders do come hand in hand. When you usually when you have anxiety, you also have depression in some way, shape, or form. And it it really, for me, watching the way that he his anxiety influenced the way he reacted with other people and forced him to pull away, really like hit home. Yeah, it really it, it was it was really it was really interesting to see that played out that way. And it, it, like just the way he pushed everyone away was really like it was a, a very relatable exploration yes. of. Yeah. Anxiety and depression. Yeah. It, and it wasn't just Wart. It was a lot... You see it throughout a lot of different characters. Well, mm-hmm. even Greg, I would say, is an exploration of denial of one's emotional state. Yeah, it's like how the the, co- the comedian is always the saddest one. Yeah. Yes. Because, um, I mean, if you when you go into their background and you find out that Greg is his half-brother because his... Her mom... Step-brother. No, half brother. Half brother. I thought half they were half brothers. Half brother. Okay. Because he says your dad has ruined me. So it's his dad. They have the same mother. Right. Um. So, yeah. to me, the fact that you kid get into this and you start seeing him in a completely different light because you, especially in episode eight, where you see him li- willing to to say he. Because you see how bad work treats him. I mean, episode one, you go into this awful sibling One shit. of the like, first right. notes, I, t- I, I took notes while watching the show in preparation for this podcast. One of my first notes is, we're kind of, crossed out kind of, bad brother in all caps, exclamation points. And you, you, you have rights on that. Because he is so, he treats his brother so bad. Mm-hmm. He sees him as his not burden. His, not his burden. I think he sees him more as the thorn on his side 
that it's his fault everything's wrong. Yeah. It's if his mom hadn't married his dad, it wasn't he I mean, wouldn't yeah. be here and he would he would not be causing the, us all this pain. Work has a really big habit of ex- of blaming things externally yes. when they are not external. And mm-hmm. I I agree entirely. He he's a he is a flawed narrator like to a T. There I think within the first episode he says, "Greg, this is all your fault." three or four times, mm-hmm. and yes. the episodes are only about 15 minutes long. Yeah. They're 12 minutes long, exactly. 12 minutes long. Yeah. They're short episodes. So, um, um but with, with, go, with your topic of, you know, that sibling, uh, relationship, relationship, I do like how they explored the sibling growth. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, jumping ahead a little bit, episode Eight really explores how much more mature Greg is than Wirt. And episode, which is weird to say. Yeah, because I, I think like episode five, you find you really realize that Wirt is probably like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Throughout the first four episodes, you think he's probably like eleven or twelve. Yeah, the way they're drawn makes it seem like they're younger than they actually are, um, which isn't a complaint, just an observation. And so, when you really get into episode five, you realize, oh shit, he's in high school. Mm-hmm. And then you you see how obviously he's in high school. His little brother at least has to be just ten ish. Yeah. We really don't know how old he is. They never really touch into it. But you can still say, no, he's definitely younger. And the fact that he he's he, young enough to maintain that childlike innocence. So I would say he's probably, like, sixth grade at the earliest. Yes. Or at the oldest. And the fact that he is willing to, in episode eight, willing to make this decision to save his Jay, brother. stop falling off your chair! <laughs> it just feels like I'm falling. I'm not actually falling. He makes um. a decision to, to save his brother. Like, brother shows his maturity. Right. In in episode eight, it's kind of acid trippy, for lack of a better term. Um, Yeah, it is. Wirt essentially gives up all hope for life and lays down to essentially die. He, and then Greg, he lays down to take a nap, but more of a, a regenerative nap. And while he's asleep, he dreams of this happy-go-lucky, like, too happy to be true kind video game logic kind of dream. I, I kind of read that scene as going to heaven. Yeah. I did until she said you can go, you... You, can, you have you a choice, choice to make. You have a choice to make. And at that point, um... I know we've discussed purgatory. You mentioned that it's purgatory. And I know we haven't touched on it yet. But at that point, I felt like she's saying, you can choose to live or save your brother. Well, I read it more as you can choose to pass on and go to heaven or stay in purgatory. And I'll see you later. An interesting note, in the original storyboard, Wirt was never going to make it out of the unknown. And that makes a lot of sense. It honestly, like to me, it that that scene seemed like 
Greg's ticket out and Greg only, which is mm-hmm. heavily stressed in the scene. But like, it, to me, it felt like Greg was getting his pass to heaven and Wirt was continuing to stay in purgatory. Well, because here's the thing. Greg, in, in this scene, he battles the North Wind. And the North Wind in everything that I found is, a, is symbolism for a driving force of change. Mm-hmm. And it's inescapable no matter how you, how you look at it. And especially based off of what the, uh, Patrick McHale has said has been his inspiration, which is, you know, old-time American literature, like Graps of Wraith... T- Graps of Wraiths Graps of, of Wrath, wrath. <laughs> <laughs> um, type energy. The North Wind is a huge element in that story as well. It pervades the homesteads, and you find little granules of the wind in your house, even though you bo- you try to board yourself up, you shelter it, and the little angels and like other characters in this dream episode try to shelter themselves from the north wind but they get swept up in it as well and so greg facing that head-on facing that change that driving destructive force really shows that he's so much more mature and ready to adapt to whatever new life looks for him mm-hmm. whether that's with word or without yeah yes um going on to symbolisms uh um i guess we touched on you said purgatory yes i huge element of the story oh my goodness in so one of the things i love about this show is each one each episode has a title card and each title card has like little old-timey portraits of the major characters and instead of the beast they have a skull with wings attached to it at like the center frame and for me that's very much symbolism for the angel of death and like how the beast represents this driving force of death and destruction for the boys and it with that it's i think that was like the major thing throughout the whole show right Mm -hmm. for me it hit home in episode two Oh, yeah. Because of the fact that you're going through this uh, harvest festival, because that's uh, what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. a harvest Potsfield. festival. But it's interesting that it's Pottsfield and um, with the little Easter eggs that I mm-hmm. like to find. Pottsfield was supposed to be, <laughs> Potter's Field was, is where they used to bury the old, uh, the poor people mm-hmm. or people that didn't have anything to, to pay for a funeral or anything like that. Yeah. So it's very interesting that that's where the they the ended town. up in the name of the town, and they're digging up the bodies. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, that episode as well is, throughout that episode, you see Wirt being like, oh, I like this place. I should probably stay here. Like, this is a nice place. And Greg's like, no, nah, we gotta go, bud. And so is... And so is Beatrice. Beatrice, Beatrice is like, you fool! <laughs> you fool. Like, they're fooling you. Mm-hmm. And... Throughout that episode, you see him going, but what if I stay? And then they find the bodies, of course, and you're like, oh, crap. Yeah, you're digging your own graves, you fools. Yeah. And (laughs) that also goes into, it's not what you think, because... Every episode has this, like, oh, oh, shit moment of... Anxiety-inducing. Yes. uh, What am I gonna do now? Because 
the, for the first episode, it's the Huntsman, and the Huntsman is portrayed initially as this evil, potentially murderous, mysterious man in the woods, who ends up trying to be kind of like the Grim Reaper, as Jay had mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that I mentioned that a long time ago. A long time ago, <laughs> in a pre- prior yeah. discussion. Yeah, yeah, this is the third time we're recording this episode. <laughs> it's been, it's been a, a day. Uh, oh. Yeah, so basically, the way that I kind of saw um, the Beast and the Huntsman, the Beast kind of strikes me as, like, uh, death, like, the embodiment of death, and the Huntsman kind of strikes me more as the Grim Reaper. Uh, the Grim Reaper is kind of the, they lead you to the afterlife, and the way that um, the Huntsman kind of tries to help them out throughout the series and, you know, kind of, not necessarily guide them, but kind of be a, um, he, he tries very hard to almost be, like, fatherly to them, which I feel like is a stance that the Grim Reaper would take in a, uh, more, in a child-focused role. Um, yeah. he, he kind of seems like he's trying to lead them through purgatory, and, um, yeah. <laughs> it gets, it gets yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. And I find it interesting, the first five episodes, really mm-hmm. the first five episodes, the fifth episode really is a turning point in the story. Um, vibe, total vibe check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the first five episodes, you get this whole feeling of it's sort of wholesome, it's not bad, it's... It's light. There's... It's light. Um, it's light, it's wholesome, it's not... You're not thinking that... You don't have a feel, uh, fear for their lives. You you know there's something out there to get them because you start you start getting the vibe of the unknown, which is the beast. Um, yeah, and the huntsman's first lines are "Beware the beast! The yeah, beast will like, come and get you." you something I really like about the beast is that that opera uh, music they use for him. It's like, so good. Every like you can allude to the beast just by having that music without him even being on screen, and that yes. is such a cool. And they do that so well and constantly throughout the series. Like every time they're like they get slightly off of where they need to be, the music starts, and you're just like, oh, oh no, boys. I like how they use the music also to... The the, the music. The music, yes. Sorry. Um, we got interrupted. Yes. Recording uh, real time, folks. <laughs> Fun shit that happens in real life. Um, so I think it's either episode 8 or episode 10. There's a scene with... It's going to be episode 10. With mm. Greg and the Beast are together. Oh, and yeah, yeah. the music of the beast is playing in the background, but if you p- listen closely, they're singing um, "Potatoes and Maple Syrup." Molasses. Potatoes molasses. and molasses in Latin. In Latin. It's in fucking Latin. They're you guys. singing it in Latin, which I thought was amazing and a good Easter egg to yeah. if you're not paying attention to it. This show has so much Catholics vibe. Like I swear to God, it's. Changing your title to honorary Catholic. Honor, it's no okay. So the so I know I don't know if he's the creator is actually Catholic, but he grew up in New Jersey, which if you know anything about New Jersey is predominantly Catholic. You know, purgatory is not an unfamiliar concept to Catholicism. Not at all. Um, not at all. I mean, it's very there. It's there. Um, it's there. It's there. And it's a really interesting concept. And the creator himself actually was asked about, oh, is this, like, a metaphor for purgatory? And he's like, oh, that would be very interesting, wouldn't it? That would provide some interesting, you know, theories. And that would, that would make their situation extremely interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's basically unavoidable at this point. Like, when they come out of the lake, like, they don't... They, like, 
in episode one, when they're walking through the forest, they are just walking through a forest. They are not moist. They are not wet. There is no water to be seen. But the second they come out of that lake at the at the uh, very end of the series, right before we go into the finale, they go, they roll down, they fall into the lake, and they come out. Like that's it. There is there is no stop. They they do not pass go. The entire series is taking place in the span of like a minute max. Yeah, and. I find it really interesting, too, that, like, throughout their journey through this, like, pseudo-purgatory, that, like, at, like, there are logical reasons for the wind, but the allegory of them getting constantly colder as they're freezing in this water is also, like, it's a really good, like, link Chef's up. kiss. Yeah, yeah, chef's kiss. It's good. And I find it how they threw little things within the story. Uh, like, uh, Wart, throughout the whole series, has two different color shoes. Throughout the whole series. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think of this. Uh, Sam had mentioned it earlier. In yes. one of our many <laughs> attempts. <laughs> attempts. Um, that it could be that he has one foot in the grave. That was Jay. Oh, that was Jay. Sorry. <laughs> Give Jay credit where Jay, where credit is due. It I was knew Jay. I you to say that too. And I was like, God damn it. She's about to tell everyone Sam's smarter than me. No, well, I mean. Me. <laughs> Sam is. We are all equally smart. We just not always, we don't always have the brain. Uh, we, we share one brain cell between the three of us, and mm. it rotates. It rotates. It's doing a very <laughs> good job of being balanced right now. I know. Yes, yes. a third of it, and I'm impressed. I, it's working <laughs> great. Um, so. My brain cell's going. But I, <laughs> I, do, I do like that they put in a lot of little things throughout the show that. The score absolutely makes the show yes unequivocally that sh the score is beautiful i think they did a wonderful job with that score and they actually hired a whole bunch of like folk and traditional country singers not like you know stadium country but like traditional country singers to be the background voice actors so they would have decent singing voices because if you listen to the score or have seen the show you know that it's it's very much influenced by that like old tiny twang banjo-esque kind of music and like um, a lot of classical music like a lot yes. a lot of the the violins i don't know why but for some reason the theme like the the opening card scene where they play the violins real hard always gave me like weird goosebumps like ooh, yeah. like so, it, it's it's like a level of unease that shouldn't necessarily come with it but like it's they there. do a good job of making it eerie. Yeah, yes. it's like it's it's like they didn't change the key and they didn't change the tempo, but for some reason in this specific scenario, something spooky. <laughs> Violins are sus. <laughs> yes. Violins are so sus. Um. But definitely, the, it, it has a lot of you. You got the symbolisms very well. I gotta admit, you did Thank a wonderful you. job. Um. I'm gonna give you props on that because I wouldn't have done the shit that you would have done. <laughs> Listen, I had one strength in high school, and that was looking at a piece of media and going, this is what I think it means, and somehow being right. I'm not saying that I'm right, but I'm right. <laughs> can I, can I'll I, give that to you today. Can I give you one more because I'm really proud of it? Okay. And you guys have heard it before, but I'm reading it off anyway. Sure. So, uh, this is, we are backtracking hardcore. Um, the episode where they have the, the lady doing the teacher stuff, and she's like, oh, let me sing about my, my lover who's uh, a cheating bastard, and he's doing all this bad stuff. 
Um, Who's suddenly British. I don't... She had... <laughs> okay, in my notes, I shit you not, it says, Teacher has a weird cadence in her voice. It's I, Yeah. I, I don't know. I gave her a British accent because that was the D&D in me coming out, and that's my default. Um... <laughs> She she sounds weird. Why she do that with her voice? Um, but uh, it turns out she's hating on her on her uh, lover fiance whatever for leaving her, and um, you know she's like heartbroken and crestfallen. And at the same time, her dad is like being really mean and you know trying to defund the school and stuff. And then by the end of the episode, you learn um, the the lover is actually stuck in a costume. And he's been trying to get help for three days, and no, everyone's too scared of him to help. And the father is only being mean and strict because he's trying to keep the school open. So that episode uh, really, like, stood out to me. Like, And uh, I wrote this down, and I'm really proud of it. And I'm never going to sound this smart again. So we're, <laughs> uh, we're peaking in high school, everybody. I am, I am coming up on episode one, and I'm going to go down from here. <laughs> uh Sometimes the people we demonize in our own narratives are doing their best and are simply going through hard times in their own. So, like, yeah, it, it, it really, it was really interesting to see that, like, in a show where, like, it's meant for kids, but it yeah, handles, it, it's like, real you know, issues. Like, someone who's coming into work really late a lot of the time and not pulling a lot of weight, you find out is, like, going through some really bad shit at home. Like, it's that kind of, like, vibe vibe it's it's really interesting to see like hey your narrative isn't the only one that matters and like you should think about that in in a show designated for a younger audience right and at the same time they're also pulling this trying to make someone into something they're not is a fundamental drain on your resources your time and your energy and is ultimately a useless endeavor and for me, like, you know, the whole teaching... You're talking about the animals again. I'm talking you? about the animals again. God damn and it. I know we, we talked about this earlier, but teaching, you can't teach a pig to sing was what really came to mind for that whole school. Because they kept showing... One of the, the, one of the most featured animals in that episode was the pig. And for me, the whole... Just the raccoon. Well, there's yeah. the raccoon, but, like, in the school. In the school. When they're in the <coughs> school. I would say bug. If you're, we're talking in the school. Yeah. Go well, ahead. No, the deer. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, the deer you was can't, outside with the raccoon. You can't teach a pig to sing. But you can teach a frog to sing. Shh. Frogs sing already. They that's what they, that's what we say, though. But, like, the whole, it, it. It struck me because, you know, the, the school's defunct, they don't have any money, no one wants to put any money into a fundamentally what they perceive as a useless endeavor. And, and yet they can play. Okay. And yet the animals but, can play instruments. But! And they also understand Wirt when he's talking. Yeah. And they have clothes. They understand Greg, too. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, for me, it's it. that's an element that I think... That's I fair, know. that's fair. I mean, I... I get that 100 percent. in my brain the 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 whole you already heard this i'm saying it again though Mm -hmm. in my brain that school struck me similarly to like how meowth learning how to how to talk was like it's not something that you technically should be able to do but like you're gonna learn it anyway right i don't know i feel like i feel like in that show the representation of animals is so like fluid 
They're like, synonymous with humans, almost. Yeah, they, they are... It's a show of furries. God damn it. No! <laughs> what? It's a show of furries. What is? The show? <laughs> Over the garden wall! What else no. are we talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry, I got confused. It happens. No, I think you're right in the aspect that she's doing something that's... It's gonna lead nowhere. Yeah, but I, like, I thought it was interesting that she's teaching these animals, right? And then all of a sudden, here's a gorilla. She's a teacher of animals. And they're not, nobody, not even the own animals are putting the effort to try to communicate with the gorilla. The, the own animals don't understand it. So I felt like, because later on, of course, we find out that it was her fiancé going blah, 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 but... To me, it sounds like they, they couldn't understand because, in all honesty, their their brain capacity was a lot higher than it was to understand normal animal speak. Right. Well, okay, like... He also wasn't an animal. Where, where, where did it go? <laughs> oh, I no, took it back. and stole it. Please. Um, oh, 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 oh. Um, also, uh, back in the day where that specific school is set... Schools closing from lack of funding was a really big deal. Yeah. Like, yes. it happened a lot. It happened a lot, a lot. So, like, in my brain, they were just kind of playing off of the, the like, time period. Because, like, sure. knowledge was not always this, like, priority. necessary priority that we kind of have it as today. And fun fact of the... Rock fact. Rock fact. Rock fact. Uh, this one may be real. It's real. Um, the main reason that we go to school now, the main reason school was, you know, Mandatory. put in place as a thing is so that, not so we would learn things and have general knowledge, but so we would learn how to follow orders so we would be more useful in the workforce. Yep. Schools are based off of factory work schedules. Yep. Anyway, back to this. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you don't not have rights. Yeah. But, so the reason... The reason I think it's relevant to bring up is because in the very next episode, Greg and Wirt find themselves in a tavern where society is telling them what to do. Greg, or not Greg, Wirt gets assigned three different roles by society within minutes of meeting these people. And each of these tavern goers have a role within society. You know, you meet the the innkeeper, the tailor, the, the highwayman, um... And that man would have given me nightmares about a child. Oh right? my gosh, yeah. It was, was creepy. If I was any, that animation, I don't know who did that, but props to you, you scared the shit out of a 27 year old. Am I 27? <laughs> Jay, no! Jay forgot how old he is, and it's official. Cut to Jay counting on his fingers. Fuck you. Why are you outing me? <laughs> so, with while well, Jay um, does that, I think. That episode also had a lot of symbolism, which was a, a lot of <coughs> a lot of Easter eggs, which were really interesting to me. Yeah, so like Greg gets assigned not Greg. I keep calling him Greg. Wirt gets assigned the dunce. Him with the face too now. <laughs> so Wirt gets assigned the dunce, the lover, and the pilgrim. And these are all roles that he himself sees him at, sees himself as, because he doesn't think of himself as smart or clever or you know deserving of any kind of respect. He is a lover because he's in love with Sarah. And shout out to Patrick McHale for giving kids, you know, uh, a 
female love interest who's also a person of color. We can't really tell because she's in like clown makeup, but like no, her hands are dark. Yeah. Props um, to you for actually putting diversity in. Woo-hoo. Slightly less props for covering her face up for the majority of her screen time. <clears throat> Slightly less rights for her only being on scene for like one and a half episodes, maybe. But like, still, it's more than what most people have done. So like, yeah. Good for you? Question mark. Um. But he is a lover, and then he is a pilgrim. He is journeying through purgatory. Yeah, and, I know. And, and yeah, what I just realized, I've been missing a lot of Easter eggs as we're discussing episodes, so I wanted to go through them real quick. Okay. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, so, um, episode one, you mm-hmm. have, you start off with the turtles. The oh. turtles! We haven't discussed the turtles at all. No. They, I mean, they... <clears throat> they're in every episode. They are in every episode. Um, we also have the the fact that if you once they go into the woodsman's house, because they do go into the woodsman's house, and it's not actually the woodsman's house. It's actually um, uh, Beatrice's house. But they foreshadow that because when Greg is practicing to knock out the woodsman, he grabs a log that has bluebirds on it, blue jays. Well, and also, if you're paying attention in the opening, the, the prologue, um, when the frog is singing, you see Beatrice at a mill. Yes. But you don't know it's Beatrice. You don't know it's Beatrice, but... Well, actually, that whole scene right there is, you see her dog, mm-hmm. which we see the dog, we think it's the beast at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then you also see the blue blue jay that she throws the rock at that curses her. Yeah, she's like... Fuck you, bird. Yes. Um, and, and actually that whole scene right there is really foreshadowing the whole show. Yes, it's a circular storytelling, which, yeah. when executed well, is amazing. Um, you also see the um, two pieces of wood that the woodsman throws away, mm-hmm. and they come back to haunt it. Um, you see the, the candy... The fact that he's throwing candy, the fact that the candy switches uh, form. Because in episode 8, they look like M&M's. Mm-hmm. In episode 1, they look like little wrapped candy bars. Yeah, they look like... Yes. So they change forms, and I think that also gives you that symbolism of... They're in the... Because throughout the whole series, you think they're from a different time until mm-hmm. you start listening to the, the way they talk and... Certain little things they say, like when, um, Greg... Uh, shut up, Greg. No, Wart. Yeah, 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 he says shut up, Greg. No. A lot. He no, d- no, but no. He, he alludes to a lot of... He, uh, he, specifically he, in the episode where they're in the, um, old guy's house, mm-hmm. um, he starts telling Beatrice about all the stuff that he, like, that, that he is super anxious about that's actually really normal stuff. Yeah. yeah. And he mentions, like, clarinet. Trauma bonding. And, Trauma um, bonding, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he, he mentions, like, clarinet, and he, doesn't he... Poetry. He says poetry. he talks about making a tape. Yeah, that, that's what I was going And with. I was also going, on episode two, he says, he goes into that house where you see the turkey sitting at the table, and he goes, do you have a phone anywhere? Right. Yeah, so they, like, uh, something that I kind of noticed on episode one, and, uh, it's been a while since I've watched it, so I'm kind of counting this as, like, a first. I deadass forgot that they were from an original, an, an, another time at first. Um, I knew that they were, like, in peril somehow, but I forgot. Um, 
the um the way that they're dressed, you've got Wirt who looks like he should fit in. He looks like a wizard, but like other than like the a garden gnome. Yeah, he he looks like a, a garden gnome, but like aside from the weirdly pointy hat, he he basically fits in. Everything else is vibes. But um, you then you've got Wirt. He also looks like he should fit in, except Greg. Greg. Or, I'm, I did it again. I'm, every time I see, every time I go to say Greg, I see Greg from Steven Universe's face on his body, and it feels wrong, so I say a different name. Um, so we got Greg, who looks like he fits old timey, because he's got the poofy pants yeah, and like the, the overalls. Pants, but then just to just to fuck with your brain a little bit, he has this uh, he has this uh, tea kettle back upside down on his head, and like it's just enough of a breakup of this like period point clothing to like. Hold on. Why would he do that? Why would he do that on purpose during that time period? He wouldn't. So why is he doing it now? Yeah, and that's that's another thing. And again, the shoes being two different colors. Um, you go into episode three when they're in this, or yeah, three when they're in the schoolhouse, and then you see, uh, someone was in the little dumbers dunce box, mm-hmm. dunce box, and someone was in there for twelve. Units, units of, of time. Because <laughs> we don't know if it's 12 days, 12, 12 hours, 12 minutes. It's just 12. Maybe it could have been 12 seconds. Just, maybe they got bored and just started scratching numbers. But yes. there's 12 scratch marks. Um, You also see these little squirrels that pop out everywhere. Mm-hmm. The angry squirrels that attack the gorilla. They are actually almost in every single opening. Oh. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And it goes through like that for most of the show is they have little things in the background that you just don't, if unless you're looking for it, you don't catch it, mm-hmm. which was, I thought it was fun. I, that's yeah. what I do. I look for the weird shit. For sure. Um, we were on episode five as we're... Yeah, episode five for me was kind of boring. I mean, yes, it's a transition of tone, and it's a very good transition of tone, and it exemplifies how corporate greed and opulent wealth hoarding is fundamentally bad for the individual who does it and society as a whole. Yep. I I actually agree with you on that. I also felt that that episode shows very much this... um, What's the word again? The person that doesn't want to leave their house and... Oh, agoraphobic. Agoraphobic. How an agoraphobic person will react if someone comes into their life because he starts acting very paranoid and very, are you real? Are you here? Are you... What you're... Are you a real person? Uh, That episode also had a very different feel too because yeah. we get in episode five beatrice is almost dead after episode four no yes 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 she almost dies at the end of episode four yes and because she's not allowed inside even, because we didn't even well, we were finishing episode yeah. episode four you have um geppetto that's there mm-hmm. geppetto yeah um the the dark lantern tavern itself is describing what they need to do to the lantern Right. The um, the whole tavern acts as exposition dump, essentially. Yes. Yeah. I think coming coming from the end of it, I, I can definitely see that they were limited on time to write it. Not to say that this story overall suffered, but 
some of the plot points seemed a little rushed. Yes. Like, I I understand why Beatrice was so pushy to get them to go with her, but in the first episode, it seemed so forced. When she yeah. was first at, in, in introduced, it seemed so forced. And, like... It felt like this was a plot point that needed to happen, so we don't mm-hmm. have time to make it organic. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, again, with... It, it didn't necessarily hurt the overall, you know, storytelling, but knowing that they didn't have a lot of time, I understand why they've done it now. Yes. Um, episode four was definitely one of those episodes... It felt like a filler. Kinda. Yeah. It felt like a filler episode. The Tavern. Oh, yeah. It, it felt like a filler. Um, episode five, the beginning of it made me feel like we were back in a flashback. Just mm-hmm. because you start with this, the uncle, as they call him in this episode, talking to just, and it looks like he's just talking to Greg and Wart. And you're thinking, oh, well, we were originally in the woods. How did we get here? Right, because and, you end episode four with them literally fleeing from the beast and the huntsman. Yes. And you're like, okay, how did we get here? Obviously, this has to be a flashback. And then all of a sudden, you're, you see Fred and Beatrice... And you're like, okay, so we're not. So what's going on? To me, this was the episode that really made the twist Mm -hmm. um, and made you realize that a lot of other shit was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly thought Fred was going to be a more important character from everything I I had seen. I thought he was going to stick around for the rest of the series. I literally thought we were going to have like a bird, a horse, and two boys running around in the woods for the whole series once he got introduced. And then he goes, nah, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be an honest horse. And I was like, the fandom latched onto you for no good goddamn reason. You said, I want to steal, and the fandom went, yes. Speaking of the fandom, do we want to transition to the fandom? Yeah, I feel like we've explored. Um, Let's see. Or do you want to continue talking about death? Well, I want to finish with the thought that, no, this is where... You really get into the thought that Greg, or War is losing his hold on living. Yeah, yeah. We, we can end briefly with the metaphors on a whole discussion of mental illness. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you had mentioned how the uncle, the rich uncle man, He was, gives off big schizophrenia vibes, like... Schizophrenia is not typically shown correctly in media. Usually, it's like this, like, ooh, they, they, they usually can uh, confuse it with ZID. But like, schizophrenia is your brain is doing is is supplying you with stimulus from outside of your head that is not actually happening. Right. Like, so the fact that he is nonviolent. Unsure, he, yes. Uh, the the fact that he's like going through his house unsure what is real and what's not that that really gave me like big schizophrenia vibes like yeah honestly and then we as from that point on we really see Wirt losing his battle with anxiety and depression yes um, yeah he loses his will to live especially once the betrayal of Beatrice is revealed because yeah. he has this he has this goal. Of getting him and his brother home, and he's reluctantly found a friendship with Beatrice. And he didn't want to find a friendship because he's like, no, I don't, I'm not worthy of friendship. This isn't something I want. And, but he, Beatrice grows on him. And, you know, they, they, there's this lovely moment of them on the boat 
singing hopefully about going to Adelaide and like where yes. finally has this moment of hope and joy. And he's like, we're, we're going to get home. We're going to really get make there. it. Mm-hmm. And then the betrayal happens, and that is the start of the fall of the hero for Borch. And the betrayal, yeah. like, you symbolize, as far as the sim, um, symbology? No, not symbology. The, the Easter eggs and the foreshadowing goes in the betrayal. When you meet uh, Adelaide, she has the symbol of the Black Widow on, the, right. on her back. And she's playing with uh, the uh, Cat's Cradle mm-hmm. with her thing, which if, I mean, Cat's Cradle's a fun game, but it also if you play it with other people, you trap their hands. Right. So it's it's showing that it's a trap, foreshadowing that this is a trap for them. And I thought it was really interesting how they put in there the fact that she keeps saying, don't open the windows or don't, don't let the, the night air in. Mm-hmm. The night air is bad. And that's also a symbolism of... As, because back in that time frame, uh, the Black Plague or and things like that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. People it, thought it came in through the night air. The night air. And also asthma, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool, mm-hmm. being as we are all asthmatics A- in this room. We are <laughs> broken. Um... <laughs> guys it's jay uh welcome to the party i hope you've been enjoying our podcast so far um thanks for sticking around i know this is a pretty long first episode i'm not sure yet if this is going to be the norm but uh this one ran over (laughs) i had a perfect ideal time in my head and uh that did not happen there just wasn't a lot for me to cut so we are sitting at a long one but i think it was worth it uh let us know if you don't agree it might hurt my feelings, but I'm, I'm ready. So we're still trying to kind of nail down the format. And this little um, mid, mid-break mid kind of thing is just going to be here for, like, you know, uh, potential ad rolls in the future. Uh, mostly housekeeping, if there's something going on. Uh, if, if you guys, you know, have said something cool, we want to, like, bring it up, I might put it here. Uh, this is just, you know, general housekeeping stuff, nothing big. Uh, please send any recommendations for, like, what you might want us to cover, what you might, you know, want to hear from us, any stories you want to, like, not stories, <laughs> any fandoms or series that you want us to cover. We already have a really long list in the Google Drive, uh, but we are totally willing to add to it. So just give us give us some recommendations, we'll shove them in there, and we will get to them. Uh, you can find us at... Uh, W-S-I-W-T stands for Why Should I Watch That? W-S-I-W-T podcast at gmail.com to send any recommendations or notes or anything like that. Uh, We are also on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at W-S-I-W-T underscore podcast. Uh, You can find us on all of those. Uh, The socials might not be up to uh, 100% like, you know, prettiness. I'm still kind of working on some of the back end stuff for, you know, the pictures and everything. But uh, we are active on them, even though they might not look super pretty. Let's see. I think that's all we had for now. Um, oh, if you're a big fan of theories, you might want to stick around to the end. Uh, a bit About um, two-thirds of the way down, we start talking about um, theories that we have about the show. Uh, we didn't really do a good job of seg- segmenting them from the others, but 
we do talk about a couple of like really interesting theories involving the unknown and, uh, you know, uh, whether or not Greg and Wirt are in a certain state of breathing or not. Yeah, so that's really all I have for you guys. I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Please let us know if you have anything, any notes for us. Um, we hope that you had fun. We hope you're enjoying it. And we hope we did credit to the series. Yeah. Um, enjoy. <laughs> interesting character because she actively says that she wants to fill the boys heads full of wool and just make them essentially slaves she well she does say that she wants slaves okay i'm alive <laughs> what the fuck was that <laughs> a sneeze i needed a sneeze <laughs> for those of you watching at home i just turned around stared at the wall for a solid four seconds and turned around to announce that she was alive. <laughs> oh. I didn't want to sneeze in the <laughs> mic. It's pretty funny. So, Allie <laughs> is a metaphor for just no longer engaging with your society. Just following what everyone says, filling your head full of wool. and Wouldn't that be hyper-following? Hyper-following? Wouldn't it be like a societal zombie? Yeah, a societal zombie. I didn't mean to say it like that. Zombie. Zombie. (laughs) I don't know why it sounds so funny. Yeah, so Adelaide is very much this oppressive mother figure that wants you to follow her point of view and what she expects and wants for you without giving Wirt or Greg any autonomy in how they want to live their lives. I think it's also kind of a, um, a workforce kind of allegory. Yeah. Because it it really feels like um, like a, a minimum wage worker kind of thing. Like, you will start to work for me, you will do nothing else, you will keep your head down, you will do what I say, and you will eventually die. Yeah, that's, you know, a, a good way to look at it. Yeah. See, I have a voice. <laughs> no, I... Uh- I, I, I just find it fascinating how she ends up dying at the end because it gives me very much feels of the Wicked Witch of the West. Beatrice mm-hmm. straight up murders her. Yeah, but yes. She's, it's fucking metal, to be honest. Like, you, you start hating Beatrice at, in episode 8 if you didn't already hate her. As Not, Jed was seven. giving the head nod of, well... Mm. I'm sorry, she was my least favorite character no, by a long shot. This is six. You have rights. I know. Was it six? This is episode six. Fine. Episode six. I... Anyway. Um, you, you really start hating her for the trust that she has betrayed within the boys. In my opinion, the mechanic of need to get boys to witch could have been utilized a lot better with a different character, or even with no character. It's kind of like if you were playing D&D, forcing an NPC into your party's into your party's campaign to force them towards a destination, rather than just leaving Easter eggs all over the map for them to find and figure out on their own. Yeah, it could have been a lot smoother done with the huntsman being like, well, there is this witch, but, like, I don't know anything about her. Right, and, like, if you if you think, she's obviously designed based on Studio Ghibli, um, specifically the witches oh, yeah. from um, Spirited Away. If you look at the way that they handled, um, what was her name? Baba something? 
I don't remember. Bobby. Um, Not Baba Yaga. No. I, it's don't it's Baba. It, yeah, sure. If you look at the way that they treat her in that story, she's kind of seen as what we would consider, like, honestly, kind of the same as, what's her name from this one, the one we were just talking about? Adelaide? Adelaide. She's this overly mo- overly motherly figure that you work for. You're, you're basically running her shop for her. Mm-hmm. She asks for big prices to keep you safe in this weird world. And it's considered a safe place. Right. But it's obviously actually not. So, like, it, it, they did that in Spirited Away without having to force you towards it. With The way that that happened is Chihiro just kind of stumbled into it. Right. Which they could have used as a driving force for the plot rather than, hey, this Blue Jay that we probably wanted to use for a plot point that was supposed to happen but got cut is now a part of the story because we like her a lot because that's the feel it gave. I think... I can see it. I, I agree with that, that she, they could have stumbled. I think Greg could have stumbled upon her. I don't think Wart would have. Because Wart's personality prevents him... He, like, he needed... He needed someone to... Sorry. He needed someone to push him to that point mm-hmm. because... Even, you see it from the first couple of episodes, he's apprehensive at everything he's doing. Everything. He double guesses himself at every turn. And I feel like him going through his descent in the uh, following episodes would have hurt more if it was solely his decision to go to the witch. If he was not, uh, if he actively made the decision, I think this person will help and I will lead us there. His descent would have hurt so much more. Oh, no. Welcome to Heartbreak Town. I think you... I agree with that. But I think his descent... I think his descent wouldn't have hurt as much, though. Because of the fact that when you finally see his life before, you can see his distrust in people. He has this distrust in people in general. He doesn't trust his brother. He doesn't trust his classmates. He doesn't trust himself. Well, he doesn't and, even trust and, his parents. Exactly. And so with Beatrice, he's finally giving that trust to somebody. And the fact that it's shattered. Can I pitch something? Hmm. Why can't it be work? Because you mean Greg? Com- or, no, why, yeah, I'm sorry. Why can't it be Greg? Greg comes from something he already distrusts. Right. He doesn't trust his his stepfather. Right. He. So what you're saying is he's a bigger source of distrust. Correct. So why wouldn't that hurt more if he finally trusted him? Oh. Oh no. See, y'all talked yourself into me being right. <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. Okay, but also. <laughs> Damn. I'm just saying, if he put all of if if maybe maybe we're Greg fuck. Maybe Greg, Greg heard about this witch in, like, with the bar. The tavern the tavern, tavern, yeah. And someone was like, hey, I got help from this witch. You could, too. And it could totally be, like, a um, Or, like, my nephew lie. got help from... Yeah. It could, it could... You are allowed to lie to... NPCs. Yeah, to your player characters. To your player, you are allowed... <laughs> in, in plot, you are allowed to lie to the narrator. That's what makes it cool when they get duped. Um, so they could have been... Greg could have been misled to believe this person was good, and Wirt could have made the active decision, I trust you, I think this is a good idea, and I'm going to use that information and make a decision. Oh, think of if they had that emotional plea of, like, 
I know you don't like me, and that, you know, you, there's this whole distrust between your, our, my dad and your mom, and, mm-hmm. but I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I feel like, oh, I that feel like, made... no, you're good. Go. I'm sorry. But in, if they went with the original storyline where Wirt doesn't escape the unknown. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, See, no. This is, I, I feel like part of, part of my gripe with this is the creators obviously weren't given the the room that they needed to tell mm-hmm. their story but i also need to acknowledge that the f- the way they used beatrice was obnoxious at best beatrice i feel like was done dirty by the necessary plot cuts. yes yes and i i get it i'm not hating on her as a character i'm not hating on the way the writers did it i just disagree because I feel like there was this whole analogy and allegory for Beatrice finally getting some freedom and autonomy, mm-hmm. because the way she turns back into a human is she cuts her wings, mm-hmm. and every time you see cutting your wings, it means you know you're taking away your freedom. You're taking away. You're you're losing your freedom. You're you're losing some sense of self. And so for I think for Beatrice, I think she was supposed to like being a bird originally, or at least that's the vibe it gave off of. And instead, she's like, I'm a bluebird, and I'm dying constantly. You two are literally killing me every second. I'm with you. And I feel like she, there was so much potential there for Beatrice. Yeah, I, again, I feel, like, I feel like if the creators were able to tell the full story that they wanted to, we might have gotten a different side of her that would have been a lot better and more engaging to see. Yeah. But that is not what we got. We got this really obnoxious, hey, listen, follow me. Hey, listen. Hey. Nabby. Nabby, you want to come with me? I'm going to show you how to get to this lady. Also, betrayal! And that's all. Yeah, and she doesn't even really get a chance to... Well, she does kind of in the final episodes, but it doesn't really feel like a redemption arc for okay. her. I'm going to pitch something. Okay. Aside from sassy mm-hmm. and plot point, what else do we know about her as a character? She likes dogs. Yep. Do she, we know that, or did we, con- she or does, did we infer that from watching... Do we know We that? don't know that. Thank we you. do know that she feels some sense of loyalty and obligation to her family. Yes. Okay. So that's it. Yeah, that's it. She's also not really happy with her family. We do know She's that. Very Listen, she, she, this is not the first one-dimensional female character we have received in media. I know, but she I won't like be it. the last. <laughs> and I'm here and I'm here to make sure everyone fucking knows it. <laughs> Beatrice was done dirty. I understand that it was due to plot cuts because they went from 18 episodes yeah. to 10, and a lot can happen in eight episodes. Oh, fuck yeah. oh my gosh, yes. Uh, okay. I'm okay. But. Yep. Yeah. We're in agreement. We're in agreement. <laughs> the court is in agreement. <laughs> um, moving forward. I want to talk about the last couple of episodes. The last couple of episodes are really, like, you. St- it's huge. Such a good... Like, we talk about the tonal shift from episode 5 forward, but there's a tonal shift from episode... It's really 5. Because... Well, even from episode 8. Because after... Episode 8 is a huge shift. Huge. Mm -hmm. After Greg makes the decision to stay with Wirt, despite Wirt being fundamentally, at this point irredeemable, I would dare to say. And, like, he just I would made... say more fundamentally doomed. Fundamentally yes. doomed. There we go. That's a better way of phrasing it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Greg d- 
decides to do right by his brother, and he is the moral core of the two. But then you start seeing this absolute corruption of this pure, innocent, good being, and it's heartbreaking, because he wouldn't have to do this if Wirt just put on his boots and acted like the young adult he's supposed to be. And I feel like that scene, for for me, that scene really spoke out, like, it felt a lot like, when you look into, like, people who suffer, like, depression, uh, when they have younger siblings, that shit fucks with them. Like, you're, as the younger sibling, you're forced to, like, take on more responsibility to try and make, either make their life, you know, a little easier, or, like, you know, help them cope. And it's not even out of, like, they flat out asked, it's out of, like, the parents tell you to or, do this. Or not even that. Sometimes it's just, like, moral responsibility. Like, I feel like this is what I need to do to help. And there's... And I think, also, if you think about it at the age that Greg is, is you, you as a child, don't under, fully understand what depression is. And you just want to see them happy. However, however, you might not know that, but you know what Greg knew? He knew he wasn't coming back. Because he came back... And he basically said his final goodbyes to his brother. Yes, he did. He knew he, he was going to die. He flat out knew that he was sacrificing his life so that work could move on. And that is heartbreaking. Because yeah. he's looking at he's looking at his brother who is dying. And he, at this point, knows what death is. Because he makes the conscious decision to, you know, Return say to goodbye. Yeah. Yes. He makes the conscious decision to throw his life away so that his brother can walk away. Knowing full well that he might not even have the beans... To do it. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna try and save my brother, even if it kills me, so that maybe he can finally go give that tape to Sarah and finally play, you know, the clarinet with confidence. I would rather us both die than me die, than me live knowing I could have helped. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, you have this whole sense of switch, shift in tone, mm-hmm. like you said. Mm-hmm. And you see it even in episode, episode five, because episode five, you know, they're in the house, they're looking for the two coins, which signifies the crossing over, and Greg is at that point where he just throws the coins away and goes, fuck that, we're living. Right, Mm -hmm. because there's this whole, like, we talked about it in a previous discussion of how the T-Baron and the T-Baroness very much feel like this element of great expectations where they're frozen in time and they don't want anything to change. And while they're growing their house and they're growing their empire, they feel very stagnant as people. Mm-hmm. And and the search for coins that they went on in going to them felt a lot like um, the River Styx. Yes. In you need a coin to pay passage on the ferry. And knowing what we know from finishing the series, um, they were dying. At the very least, um, they obviously were trying to go after some kind of payment in some kind of allegory towards that. And the fact that Greg actively took them and threw them away, and we followed them as they went down the as they went down the well, mm-hmm. like that, even in the way that they animated it, held more significance than they gave it, which is yes, really cool. Yes, yes, and right. I like how. From that point forward, you start really getting flashes of what they're living through as the rest of the show. As the rest of the show, for instance, in episode seven, when they fall into the pond, which they can stand in, right. but for like thirty seconds, you see 
uh, Wart try to swim towards Greg, trying to save him out of the water, but they can both stand in there. That, I think, is a flash to what they're currently living because we find out in episode 9 that they're actually drowning. Right. So that, to me, instead of being, oh, they fell in the lake and now they're, they can't figure out that they can stand up. No, I think it was actually a flash to what they're... <laughs> Well, for the, for the listeners at home, Myra knocked a, a, an inactive mic, so it rattled the entire table. I'm, I'm not klutz. It's okay, we love you. <laughs> okay. You're valid. But um, I think starting from episode seven, you start getting flashes of what they're actually living right. through without knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I like how they end episode eight with Greg... Like, mentally deciding, okay, you're going to live. I love you. Good luck, my brother. Good luck, my brother. And then walking towards death to save his brother. Because if you when, you, when you watch the episode where they come out of the water, like, I think it's the very last episode at the very end. When they come out of the water, Greg is the one that's knocked out. Wirt is the conscious one asking for help. And I kind of had this, like, thought of, like, Ooh, no, like, they were trying to help each other out of the water as they went down, and, like, maybe, maybe Greg had, like, tried to help him up, but in taking on the extra weight, kind of, like, weighed himself down. Right. And, uh, I don't know, there's, there, it's just really interesting that that happened in the show that we're seeing, and then we flash to their normal life, and Greg is the one passed out after going through that in the, um... Unknown. 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 And... I think it's also the way they end episode 8, mm-hmm. I think is very good. Because the way they end episode 8 is Wart realizing that he's losing Greg. Greg. That Greg is drowning. He is losing him physically. I don't think he's, you know, we don't see it in the show. But the way they end it is Wart goes, oh my god, I, I have to save him. He's really coming out of this realizing he needs his brother and goes looking for him and falls into the ice. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I think it's it's a really good telling of how mental illness can affect the siblings and the family and the friends around you and how unintentionally it can not I don't want to say the word spread but watching someone you know go through something and not being able to help and not understanding why you can't help, especially from a younger sibling standpoint, well, it also, messes with you. Also, the the inherent pressure that comes with that fucks with you, too. Like, it, it, it even, not even just, like, not even just, I, I see you struggling and that sucks, but, like, the pressure of, like, that seems like it is a terrible thing to live through. I don't want to live through that. Like, that kind of pressure. See, being able to see some kind of mental illness like that up close, mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of like a warning sign of like, ooh, don't live your life wrong or you'll be sad too. Newsflash, it's chemicals. You can't fix that. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, still, that, that kind of pressure is, um, not fun. And I think Greg deciding to succumb to the beast is another analogy for depression. I don't think he ever actually truly succumbed to the beast. Yes, he does. He starts mm. becoming a tree. He okay, becomes but... a tree because of illness. Not because of succumb... Because the beast... What the beast wants is for him to succumb to him. He wants him to be hopeless. Hopeless. And what... what? I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, no. He wants him to be hopeless. And what Greg does is Greg continues to show him that he's not losing hope because he starts putting him through tests. And, like, one of them is get him a, a what was it, a cone or a golden mm-hmm. ring or something. And he had to watch the sun fall into the teacup. He yeah. had to fall, put the sun. He had put to the sit. Sun. He had to sit in the snow and wait for the sun to fall. He, the, what the beast was trying to do was chip away at his will. Right. So that he would succumb and become a tree. Um, actually, this is something that I kind of wanted to touch on. At some point, Greg specifically says uh, that he's just going to wait for things to get better or something like that. Right. And that idea... That idea fucking sucks. Because, like, sometimes you have to wait for things to get better, but you're waiting through things that cannot really be waited through. Like, you can... It's like when things are going bad and they just keep going bad mm-hmm. and then you're like finally I might catch a break and they keep going bad by the time you hit rock bottom there's nothing left of you to emote yeah like there is nothing left and you might even still tumble down right so like watching him go through that that fall mm-hmm. and try to keep that happy go lucky attitude pain it's a fundamentally doomed it's a fundamentally doomed thing never. and that's honestly like some people who suffer with depression feel like that. Like, forced happiness will eventually lead to good, no matter how bad it is. Oh, like, um, that character from Parts and Rec. Um, that one I don't Andy? Know. Is it Andy? The, the one who's always jogging and exercising. He gets introduced with Ben. Oh, I'm not Andy. Um, fuck. He does the Atkins commercials now. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I don't know. I would say Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah, Mr. Peanut Butter is a character we can put a, a, a name to. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. It's Ben's boss. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like, that that kind of, um, and, like, the Huntsman, you also see it in him, like, sometimes to wet, I'm, I'm reading directly off my notes, so if this doesn't make sense, welcome to my brain. There are words <laughs> in an order, and they're not right. Um, sometimes to weather the storm, you make small, harmful decisions that continue to hurt yourself more and more and chip away at what you have left. So, like, he's making the negative decision. He's he's trying to help himself by hurting himself. Yeah. The second he finds out what those trees are, and he never asked. That's the thing. He never asked, and I think that was a conscious decision. He didn't want to know. He did not want to know, which is fair because he knew the answer wasn't good. But he was in a situation where any hope is good hope. So he continuously hurt himself knowing that every tree that chopped down had some kind of story that he didn't know. Mm -hmm. He continuously hurt himself with the one hope of my daughter may come back someday. And that's like the perfect allegory for like the fact that they are somewhere in purgatory. Like Mm -hmm. the, the, the inherent need to not let go of his daughter is exactly why... The inherent need to not let go of his daughter is why he's in the forest. I forgot the name of it again. Uh, <laughs> you forgot the, the unknown? Name. The unknown. It's unknown to me. I don't know what you want. <laughs> it's the unknown. Uh, there, I will not forget again. Okay, thank you. Um, th- that is the inherent reason he's in the unknown is because he is stuck in purgatory because something happened to his daughter and he won't let go. Also, I don't know if we mentioned this yet, the unknown is fucking purgatory. It is. Yes. And we this might have been a previous conversation. I don't know if we talked about this earlier, but 
the creator himself came out and was like, oh, that would be have some really interesting implications for the for the, the characters within the world I created, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm also not confirming. Yeah. And like once you see the end where they fall into the lake, it's it's literally unavoidable at that point. They were in fucking purgatory. There is there is no if ands or but about it once you see that because like they fall into the lake, the series happens, and then they come out of the lake and the series ends. Yes. Here's a fun little red string theory for you. <coughs> they didn't make it out of the lake. I think. I, I let me let me no, let no, me go. go 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 go. You just got several looks. I know. There's only three of us. You got several looks. <laughs> they are still dead because here's the thing. This goes back to the major theme of nothing is as it appears within this storyline. Every every episode at that up to episode 10 has a gotcha moment and it always happens within the last 3 minutes of the episode and in the in the prologue it says if dreams can't come true then why not pretend so to me that's just confirmation that the boys ending up in the hospital and all their friends are like oh my gosh hi let's you know let's hang out more we don't actually hate you Sarah, let, let's listen to that tape you created. You can keep looking at me. I'm still going to keep going. Um, it's all just a gotcha moment, and they're dead. But why? So, Go ahead. You've been looking. Go ahead. So, <clears throat> this was something I was going to mention. Oh. So, I think you're right. Oh. Because. That is not what I expected from your look. That's <laughs> also not what I expected. I'm no, no, no. Because I have something that you you might have overlooked. Okay. So they're all in the hospital. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, yay, you're alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woohoo. Woohoo. Then you see Greg mm-hmm. playing with this frog. Right. Episode 7, the frog eats the bell. Right? Okay. Episode 10, the end of the episode, Greg is playing with his frog, and it's lighting up with the bell with inside of it. Okay. If it was purgatory, if it was a spiritual trip... The frog wouldn't have been able to bring back the bell. Okay, so, oh, no, you, you've bought me on this. Okay, so pause. Okay, they didn't make it out. They didn't make it out. They went to heaven. They went to heaven. Yes. They're dead, though. They're dead. I mean, yeah, but we don't have to acknowledge that. See, because my, <laughs> my initial thought was, no, no, no. That was such a natural conclusion that I could, I was like, uh-uh, no. But... That's a good point. If the bell was still there and the bell was glowing inside of him, the frog, honestly, I don't remember. Did he already have the frog when he fell? He, he grabbed the he frog grabbed the... as he was falling. Okay, so what you're what you're trying to tell me, Mr. Ryder here, I forgot your name, it's fine. What you're trying to tell us is this frog that basically only lived with them for a solid what? Two minutes before the ice? Two, three minutes, yeah. Two, three minutes before the ice somehow has a glowing thing that directly references a thing that you had while they were unconscious? Not to mention, if they fell into the water and almost died, I don't think their priority getting out of the water was, hey, let's find that exact frog that we just had before we get in the ambulance. So, ambulance sounds cool and all. I would really like to have a non-hypothermic temperature, but um, we're missing a frog. 
Also, also, if it's set in, like, I know it's supposed to be, like, modern times or whatever, but, like, it really does radiate an, an 80s era Yeah, that's energy. what I was gonna say, like, 70s, 80s. People didn't really go looking for missing kids. I'm sorry, the nature of it was absentee parenting. And kids just went missing, they would run away. And with Wurtz, depressive and social reluctance within his school and as a reputation, I don't think they would be all that concerned. If well, it's not his parents way. that find him. It's not his parents. It's the police officer that they jumped the True. wall with. True. So at that point, it's the police officer's responsibility to check on them. Because yeah. he even says, don't do that. It's dangerous. If you do that, I have to go after you. Yeah, plus, the side note, the way that the cop acts totally backs up your 80s theory. Because... He finds the he finds the kids in a in a cemetery where they could be doing all manner of things. Yes. And he's just like, hey, you're under arrest. Nah, I'm just kidding. Hey, wait, what are you doing running from me? It's not like a care or anything, but like, are you good? <laughs> why? Are, why are you running? <laughs> yeah, why are you running? So but like, it, it it really does kind of back up that whole lackadaisical kids will be kids kind of mentality. Yeah. Of like they're gonna do stupid shit. Just make sure they're not hurting themselves actively. But I do agree that they're dead. And another reason that I think backs it up is when they get pulled out of the water, Greg is holding onto the frog. That's the only reason I think they would have had the frog. But when they get in the ambulance, they actually are taking care of the frog on the ambulance too. Mm -hmm. They're not just taking care of Greg and Wirt. If you actually look, they have a little blanket and little things for the frogs. That's not how you would also, take... if the frog is conscious during the winter, that means that for some reason it doesn't need to hibernate, so, like... Well, it's supposed to be the last frog of the season. Oh. Well. That's, that's what That's what caused all of this, because Greg kept saying, let's go hunting for the last frog of the season. Oh, okay. I heard one last cricket. Mm. Or ribbit. And then that's why he jumped over the fence, and he goes, oh, frog... Greg jumps over first, mm -hmm. and then Warp follows. Okay, so let me pitch something real quick. Mm -hmm. um, um, what if we did not actually travel through Purgatory? Uh-oh. I'm going to twist it. What if we traveled through the unknown? A bleeding realm that is neither Purgatory nor Heaven nor Hell. Okay. It would kind of make sense how a lot of the spirits that we found in the unknown weren't really malicious they were not they were neither really bad or really good they were just people vibing well, and well hold on okay specifically i'm talking about for this specific example um the town of pumpkin skeletons mm -hmm. i forgot the name um hi my name is Hot Jay. I don't know other people's names uh, um the uh the skeletons there were essentially in their own version of heaven the only thing missing, they didn't have bodies. But who knows? Maybe they didn't want them. At every every place we found, like the, the town with the bar, mm -hmm. those people were very happy. We don't know much about them aside from labels, but maybe they just, maybe they're one of those, maybe all, the, all of them were people that just wanted to be something in life, and now they have a label and that's all they want. The, let me, let, let me finish. I uh, see no, 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 I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm thinking. So, what if them dying was not going to heaven or hell? What if they are now an extension of the unknown? So the map has grown a little bit. 
Oh, because it's every person we have interacted with within the unknown feels like they're from a separate time period. And we've gone through a lot of the Dark Ages, a lot of the colonial era. Mm-hmm. We went through, like, uh, almost modern Middle England kind of feels with the tea company. Right. And now. The Victorian era, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, the Jane Austen era with the high-waisted Beatrice mm-hmm. gown. And now we have the 80s. What if they have simply been added to the unknown? Where, which is for spirits who may have died before their time or in a weird way, and they, for some cosmic reason, they apply to this, and they, um, they just get added into this weird puzzle of afterlife. That's, I really like that. I really vibe with that. It, 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 it's really interesting. Or, or, let me spin it a little better. Mm. Maybe, maybe this was them being added to purgatory. Maybe when they, the second they entered the unknown, they were already dead, and this was just them trying to find their way back to their home in purgatory. Or their home in heaven. Uh, it didn't really feel like heaven. Cause like, no, were... I agree, although, that it really didn't feel like heaven. You know what felt like heaven? Episode Greg's, eight. Li- Greg's little trip. Yes. That felt like heaven. That felt like for a hot second, he got the opportunity to leave this area and decided to stick with his brother. Mm-hmm. Yep. In purgatory. I agree with that because... Oh, you had a sad thought. You had a sad thought. Maybe we're... No, sorry, maybe Greg did make it out. Because if he did make it out, we would have no idea of knowing with this new oh, theory. no. We would have and literally so no idea. And so, Greg, from that point, from episode 8 forward, is literally just a manifestation of Ward's imagination. That would explain why, at the hospital, he was kind of being himself, but a little more subdued. And off, his hair was combed. So... How did his hair get combed? How did his hair get combed? <laughs> so that's something that I, I, I thought was interesting. But, again, we hadn't seen Greg before his Halloween costume. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Okay, no, no, no. But here's my, here is my thing with that. His parents aren't there. And no ten-year-old I know combs their hair with, like, the, the, the little part, the little church part... Going to school. So you mean like words. Correct. <laughs> Greg went to heaven and from that point on in the series. Or maybe he lived. I or think he, he lived. The creators flat out said Word Word was the wasn't gonna, gonna to... make it. Oh, no. Maybe this is their underhanded way of being like, none of you know, but he didn't. <laughs> That would explain why he had his hair combed because his parents would have been taking care of him. Because another thing is, oh, no. even like even after the cops and his friends get him out of the water, they're at the hospital. Where the fuck are your parents? Because I don't care how old you are, you almost fucking drowned. Your parents are gonna be at your bedside. And also, Wirt is a lot more subdued in the ho- in the ambulance. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, because like yes, okay, yes, they were dying from you know hypothermia, hypothermia, but. Even as that little motherfucker almost got eaten by a tree, he still had some words to say. He is not a he is not a quiet being. He is not a calm being. He is hyper and ready to throw hands, no matter what that has in store. Yes. He is though. It's funny because you don't. Think- you know what? He saw a gorilla and said, "Plan in action. Let's go." Oh my god! 
Greg. <laughs> oh my God, Greg it. <laughs> that sounds wrong. Never mind. I retract my statement. Oh, there was something else I wanted to oh, add to that. No. I fucking lost it. Oh, also, let me just add this too. Wirt strikes me as a dumbass dude whose heaven would literally be my life is exactly the same, only slightly better. Yeah, because he's now his, standing, his, now, he's now going, let me play that tape with you. Yes, no, yeah, yes, 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 yes. He, he strikes me as someone whose who, who's peak meal is slightly spiced meatloaf. Just a little, a little bit of taste, but not a lot. Maybe some mashed potatoes on the side. Don't Extra put it creamy in the, mac and cheese. Yeah. He, yes. He, vanilla as fuck in all regards. <laughs> He strikes me as someone who would f- flourish in mediocrity. I was gonna make a mean comment, but then I remembered that he I played just, the clarinet. I just, bro, I hated the clarinet. Fight me. Okay. Susan he Ball plays the win. he plays the clarinet. I'm sorry, but that that's fair. That radiates. I hate my life. As a previous clarinet player, you have rights. I was in. I was. I played, played the flute, I played and the every flute. clarinet player I knew hated the fact that they played clarinet. Mm-hmm. I they hated. I went to the I went to the fucking sousaphone slash tuba. They that either su- fun. they either switched to the bass clarinet, to a different instrument entirely, or quit band. There is no <laughs> other option. Okay, so slight tangent here. You want to know what our entire t- uh, tuba section uh, uh, ins- consisted of at my insert name here high school? Correct. A transfer trumpet. <laughs> A transfer trumpet. Mm-hmm. A transfer clarinet. Okay. A transfer clarinet. Okay. A, cl- a transfer clarinet. Oh no, that's three. <laughs> a transfer saxophonist. Oh, why did the saxophonist change? And a freshman who grew up on the tuba. Ah. Uh. <laughs> we were all seniors. It did not go well. Wow. Yikes. Okay, sorry, that's it. But yeah, no, clarinets players are inherently miserable. I don't make up these rules. I'm sorry if you're offended if you play clarinet, but I am not wrong. <laughs> okay, so band band roasts aside, like, those fuckers were dead in some way, shape, or form. And whether or not it was an allegory to, like, purgatory, them, purgatory or them underhandedly getting their point across from the original script, something happened. They was dead. Next mm-hmm. point. <laughs> I mean... That kind of covers it. Yeah. Do we want to start the deliberation of why should you watch that? Fuck yeah. So, the court is in session. Court is... Why should we watch this show? Bum bum. So, honestly, I, I would say you should watch it because it's, A, only 10 episodes, a total of 2 hours and 30 minutes. It's surprisingly deep for a children's cartoon. Well written, you know, aside from the few complaints that we had, and has peak autumn vibes. It's well written, aside from the rush the creators were obviously put through. For those of you who skipped the uh, spoiler portion, the plot was a little bit rushed, but it was good overall. Uh, personally, I might put it on next year around fall time just to have something like going in the background while I work, but I don't know if I would actively sit down and watch it on my own. Like, I would have it in the background. I wouldn't sit down to watch it. It was it was good. Didn't knock anything out of the park for me, but it was good. Okay. Um, I would say I would definitely watch it again, only because I 
I feel like there was a lot in the background that I missed, even though I saw a lot of stuff that you guys mm-hmm. didn't catch. Mm-hmm. I still feel like there's a lot of hidden gems within the show itself sure. that are not have not been put out there. And I would I would definitely say it's a rewatch for me. I would definitely suggest it. Mm-hmm. I, would I say it's like gotta watch it like ten times, like. It's one of my top ten. It's uh, not Avatar I, level. It's not yes. Avatar level, but it's a solid cartoon, especially for the modern era. I would definitely watch it again, maybe next year. Um, I think it talks to children, talks to children, and not talks down to children. It's which a very is, good family movie. Or a family show. show yes. Um. So. As in all, I would say it's definitely a watch. Definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch, um, even if it's just once. I would agree with that. Definitely a watch. All in favor? Aye. 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 All right, we got a hit. Uh, So that's why you should watch Over the Garden Wall. Um, Our next episode is going to be... You idiot! Sorry, we can cut it out. I forgot! As Sam just spoiled to you, the next episode will be redacted. Why do I say redacted? Because you're supposed to guess. I if we know. have, yeah, Sam is, Sam doesn't have the brain cell today, it's fine. Um, no. <laughs> if you are still listening with us, uh, congratulations. We're going to give you a little bit of a hint right after this. Um, I'm going to play a small clip from our next feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoever guesses it right, you get brownie points. And maybe maybe a, in the future you might get surprise merch. Oh, that ba, ba, ba. We don't even have... It's episode one. I said maybe in the future. Bruh, I didn't say are, tomorrow. We'll give you a shout-out if you get it right. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah, we'll give um, you a shout-out. Sam. Yes. What are our socials? Oh, hold on. Why don't I just pull that up real fast? Like, I totally have prepared. So, our, we have an email at... W-S-I-W-T podcast at gmail. And the rest of our socials are as follow. Uh, W-S-I-W-T podcast at Twitter, Instagram, um, and TikTok with an underscore between the acronym and podcast. We'll put them in the show notes too. But yes. like, follow us. Uh, you can totally uh, send recommendations to our email or maybe tweet it at us. I don't know how Twitter works. Yeah, you can tweet, you can tag us and stuff or however you want to get our attention. We will gladly take um, suggestions. And criticism. And we criticism. will definitely take criticism. We are not down mm-hmm. for, like and I said earlier, we are down, we are down for the criticism. And definitely follow us on um, all the socials if you're interested in any of the fandoms we're going to talk about. Um, After the episode has aired, we're going to post, like, fan art that we found that's really cool with credits to the artists. Don't worry, we know. Um, Fan art with credits to the artists, any um, any cool fanfics that we found, cool fan theories. We'll post links and appropriate credits um, along with them so that you can kind of get a feel for, like, what you're going to get into with the fandom and stuff. Right. This one was really tame, so I had nothing to say on it. Aside yeah, from the, the average weird ships and the idea that 
I didn't even really see any weird yeah, ships, honestly. Yeah, honestly same. I mean, they shipped the Huntsman with the Beast. But that's, like, predictable. That's yeah, that's predictable. predictable. That's not Harry Potter level, I'm sorry. I, no. <laughs> Harry Potter my, has some ships. My base for weird ships is Harry Potter. My base. The house in the squid? The house in the squid is one. <laughs> the castle ways. in the squid, the, not the house. The, sorry, the castle. The castle in the squid. Okay, anyway. I'm sorry. Sorry. There's houses in <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello? Listen. Anyway, thank you for listening to Why Should I Watch Stop That? Uh, Harry person. Oh, bitch. <laughs> oh my god, this got real serious, y'all. What the fuck? <laughs> thank you for sticking around with me at the end with us. Uh, sorry for the discourse that suddenly came from out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere, madam. Uh, Still love you guys. Yeah, so, uh, what was it? Um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, that does not say LinkedIn, TikTok, and uh, email any recommendations you might have to Gmail. Uh, we hope to see you guys for the next um, episode, and um, we're going to lead out with a hint to the next episode. If you guess it right, we'll give you a shout-out. We'll have a, an and, and you'll have a close place in our heart. Yes. Bye. Bye. You had to talk, things I do. <laughs>